If Murray had supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> America's first. Ah, wants to come and listen to a guy who goes well there's that side and that side they want to hear someone who's screaming angry one way or the other so i came to realize that some people really enjoyed the culture war stuff i did some stuff about trans and this and that okay guys welcome back to the america show we are going to be chatting with andrew gold a little bit later the atheist jew about his quest to, well, I guess he doesn't call it debunking, though. He just, his quest to find out if he's going to be an atheist forever or not. Is that? Yeah, it's yeah, it's not really, it's not really like about him being an atheist, too, but it's just a funny, we had a good time with him, and we talked about all those kinds of things. And, I mean, he's just done, he's done a lot of great documentaries, and he's he's really done a good job of sort of staying in the middle. He says he's open to learning about all this stuff that like sort of we talk about on the show, but I mean, he's busted fake exorcisms before and, uh, and yeah, all kinds of stuff on UFOs and, and different things, but he's got an amazing podcast now, a lot of huge guests. So he's focused on that for the last couple of years. So we do talk about that quite a bit as well. There you have it. Graham's back yeah. in his new studio. Well, it's How just my, it? it's just a different room in the house. I mean, I know, but I don't want people to think like, oh, we're out spending money on a new studio. I mean, basically I had to dry the carpet in the studio that flooded and then I moved upstairs basically. But it's, it's good. It sounds good. I feel good. But it's a new studio. I'm, I'm, I feel like there's more room to breathe in here. I can move my chair back without hitting the door and I can, uh, I'm just ready to produce more and more content and audiobooks and He's a content shows, machine. shows. I'm working out of my bedroom over here. It's a nice space, though. My mic slides in and out of the wall. It's a nice touch. So there it slides into the wall. It's like a workstation. When it slides out of the wall, is podcast mode. Perfect. So do you notice the difference in the audio with the green screen? I, did, I, uh, I, I purposely thought, yeah, didn't I think put it I up. Did. I think I did notice it. I think it sounded better with the green screen behind it. Cause I do think the echo would. Well, would, we'll know uh, for sure because this intro bit. is done without the screen up. And then the interview with Andrew gold is done with the screen up. So that'll be an easy comparison. See what. Okay, good. Yeah. And speaking of audio quality, I was also on my laptop tra- sort of traveling in a different place. The internet held up good, but I was on a little mic, uh, like a headset mic, so it'll sound, my audio will sound much different than being at home in the studio. Is that for this episode? Yeah, it was, yeah. All right. So it's yeah. just a rig, real rigmarole. It's, so it's Graham's real, audio but it's is going to deteriorate, we, we, but mine we, maybe staying the same or maybe get a little better. Yeah. It's mostly I'm going to notice when I edit it together. So yeah, I'm mostly talking about myself. So how was your road trip? Uh, it was okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. Across the weather, great weather was white okay. north snowy prairies. Yeah. Just dry. Was it warm there too? Um, 
No, not as warm as here. No, it's nice to come back to zero. It really feels balmy at zero degrees here. That's for sure. Oh, it's been beautiful. But there's a ton of snow in Saskatchewan. I mean, the pot, like t- 10, 12 feet up on the curb. Like, it reminds me of being in, as a kid in Montreal, like when I was a four or five year old, we used to have the snow forts in the banks, you know? Snow forts in the banks. Yeah. Forts in the snow banks. Uh, you want to talk about, there's still quite a bit of snow drifted around in some places here. Because I went to, we were out at the horse yesterday, and I went to get the snow machine. I left it parked there before Egypt because we had snow before we even went to Egypt. Not enough to ride the snow machine, but enough to like take it out and drive around just a little bit. You couldn't really do too much. But now there's enough snow out there to go for a nice little ride. But it took me a minute to find the snow machine because it's fucking buried. In snow? In snow. It's just like drifted up. It's in this weird spot and fucking Johnny didn't move it. So... It's just like I found finally like the top of the windshield and I was just like, oh my God, it's just in the middle <laughs> of a fucking pile of snow, a drift, and it's just like dead center. So it's like snow, five feet of snow, 10 feet in every direction. I got to dig out the snow machine and dig out enough room beside it that I can like get it started. I'm not sure if the track will move or not. Yeah, if yeah. If it's that encased in snow. That's a, that's a bit snow. of a gamble, yeah. So I'm just digging. It's I dug a good for half like, hour oh, gamble. Of the- I dug for a half hour yesterday, and I just like gave up and came home. <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go back at it maybe later <laughs> in the week. That's not good when your snow machine gets buried that you can't even get it out. Yeah, it's a real shame. I was looking forward to going to the snow machine yesterday, but that's okay. And... um I still don't know what you're talking. Like, it still takes me a while to understand you're talking about a ski doo. That's the way I always a ski doo is a being. brand. I know, machine. but I you say snow machine, I think you're pushing around. Maybe I should blower. say snowmobile. Snowmobile. There, but there. that help? Yeah. Snowmobile. All right. Yeah. And I was out in the bush. It's good. The gates are closed. I still don't think they should close the gates. I guess it's because they, they just don't want to plow the road, but they don't have to plow the road. because people get stuck up there probably, and they yeah. have to go rescue them and all that. Yeah, yeah. Is that, is that what you're talking yeah. about? Gates to the... To the, to the mountains and stuff. Yeah. Because we went out and got a bit of firewood and uh, had a little fire, roasted some hot dogs and stuff. Beautiful. I think it was like plus six out there. Amazing. Nice. nice. Shotguns. Teaching the kids how to shoot guns. It's important. You're still. It is. You could shoot pretty good, actually. Remember, you're pinging the target oh, yeah. pretty good last time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm pretty confident with uh, my target shooting. With small guns. Yeah. Maybe not with a big gun. I shot a handgun in 1990 in Israel. Wow. Yeah. We go shoot. We should go shoot handguns too. We'll go down to the the range where I'm sure. a member. Oh, am I? I probably not even allowed to. I. I have to get yeah, a, yeah, no, to take a course allowed, and all no, that. No, I, you, you can, can take me as a visitor. Okay, yep. yeah, let's do that. What's wrong? What's going on over there? I'm okay, sneezing. Yeah. Oh, you're sneezing. I'm sneezing. Yeah. So what do you got so, for us, Dunlap? Well, I mean, I want to talk about, I got, I got a couple of emails from some listeners, fantastic emails. I mean, our episode's coming up later on. We're just doing some ramblings, getting caught up with the listeners and stuff here, some lazy ramblings. And then uh, there's a timestamp in the show notes if you want to jump forward to the Andrew Gold interview. 
But yeah, I mean, I want to talk about Instagram posts. I want to talk about uh, an email about our Grimerica Outlawed episode that we released last, which is a whole different podcast we have. I want to mention the autonomy course by um, by um, Richard Grove. Architects and engineers for nine eleven. No, 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 no. You did that again. Uh, that's, that's Richard. That happened last time. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's there's a free lecture on mindset, and he, and then later on there's a forty seven dollar like you can do like an added on sort of course for forty seven dollars. But he's got all those autonomy courses. He's fantastic. Um, so do you want me to talk about that now? Then or Dick Grove. Yeah. Let's do uh, this. <laughs> Let's hear about your Instagram. Because I remember you went kind of busting my balls for a couple of years about social media, which did culminate in my eventual suspension from social media, but still. Well, there's been a lot of these mainstream videos floating around, and I've been putting them on yeah, Instagram. Yeah, they just, get a lot of yeah. traction. And But I did. I picked one that I should have double-checked, you know? It was uh, this uh, this lady talking about uh, Jacques Attil. Uh, what's his name? I, I probably have his name wrong. Um, oh, now my Evernote's not opening up. There it is. Attili, maybe? Attili or Attil? His quote on depopulation that's floating around from his book, The Brief History of the Future. And I thought I'd seen this before. So I felt comfortable posting it. And then a couple of people are commenting on it, like, dude, I have that book and that quote's not in there. So then I started to fact check it and I'm reading through the fact checks because I don't want to be spreading misinformation. Right. And there's something sus about the fact checks, but you got to go through and read the whole book. And like, you really have to scour it because i think it's one of these fact checks where they're saying well he doesn't say exactly that but he talks about it but i mean i don't you have a pdf i don't even know if you have the pdf we could find but out pretty easy it's you yeah just, but you well no but i mean you can find out that he didn't quote that exact thing but to get the context of really what he was talking about you kind of got to read the whole thing anyways the fact checks it? rubbed me the wrong because I, I didn't have the time to go right. through the whole thing i deleted it i deleted the post I don't want to be a part of like th that, but it's, it's tough. So people send us this stuff, you know, it'd be nice if people just double check it before to make sure it's not one of these like viral pieces of misinformation. Or like the or doctor is, video with like the Pfizer guy saying that he wants to reduce the world's population. Yeah. Like that's exa another exact example. And that burned me for a couple minutes too. That got you? No. Well, I didn't, no, 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 not on Instagram. I sent it to a family member. And then they sent it on. I'm like, I'm Come totally on, sorry. Man. I'm totally sorry. I knew that was a, a problem, but I just, it was like that reflex. Oh, I got to forward that. Yeah, and then you think you back. You didn't like, say that. <laughs> I've, I've, it's, I've slipped up. I know. Yeah. I did know, but I forgot. Yeah. You fucked up. I know. It's just, it's like a constant being on guard for this garbage misinformation. It's just so sad that it's there, you know? I know that's the thing. So, and the guy that the, the guy was nice enough to comment. He's like, look, there's obviously something wrong with this, with this community where people are putting these fake shit out there. Right. Is it like that they're just ignorant or they're trying to, to, uh, so do you think it's on purpose or do you think it's like, it's, both. it's probably both, right? It's just idiots yeah. who want clicks or see how far the yeah. video can go. Or So then I was putting a reel together with a bunch of my memes 
And uh, I wanted to start off with this picture from from Canada, the Canada website. And and then I thought, you know what? I put it out there. I put the whole thing together, and then I put it out there. I thought, you know what? That was like the first pick on the on the reel, and I thought I better just check. And I scoured the Canadian government website, and I couldn't find the exact thing. And I'm like, I can't. So I deleted that whole reel too. So again, people are sending those through, like with no reference to where the quote's from, what website it's from. It just has the, it looks very official because somebody's like highlighted it, you know, as if like they're highlighting the the words on the Canada.gov website. That's the best one. But the problem is, the problem is I found lots Fake of- ones. No, no, no. I found lots of good information on there that I want to use anyways. Like I hadn't been to that website for a while. Like actual good information? On Canada's, uh, yeah, their analysis, of this whole, their analysis of the whole program that's going on right now. You know, they've been tracking it pretty good, which is not good. The so, government of Canada? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I might do something on that a little bit later. I don't want to say much because I don't want to get us kicked off, you know? Lots of people dying. Yeah, that's all we can say. Suddenly. It's a real shame, suddenly. It's a real shame. Anyway, well, that was perfectly depressing. What else you got? Let's see, got anything well, to I mean, lift our spirits? Speaking of that, well, I mean, speaking of that, I mean, we, we, how do we talk about this? That I am also kicked off of Twitter and my appeal has been denied in case you missed the last episode where we touched on it, but I have appealed. So not only did they delete the Grimerica Twitter account, they deleted the Grimericano Twitter account, which had done nothing wrong. And speaking of nothing wrong, they deleted the A Canadian Shame Book Twitter account. And uh, the, well, I guess the Grimerica FM radio account, which was defunct, was guilty by association. So that one was also deleted. See, they know it's the same person behind all those accounts. They're pretty smart nowadays. They seem to be smarter than I gave them credit for. They even we kinda, from a different phone. And we kind of pushed the limit about, about a bum, book. Bum, bum, trying we to, tried trying to, to get a, a book. book out. We probably let me, let me say what the title, the title we should have been able to, what we should have done is just change the title to the international goo and, and then just changed all the words from goo to white. And it would have been a hit. It would have been a bestseller. I mean, that's how crazy it is. It's only, it's still allowed, but it's only allowed with certain different international white. groups of people. That's a good idea. Let's do it. The international You think we could just, yeah. just pop it into like, or glue. change the this word glue. to this word and just, yeah, just change them all, change it all to white, this and white, that. And then you better make a Kindle account because if they torch the backup Kindle account, we got, we got problems. So here's the, here's the thing. They don't even give us a warning. We tried to get the book out. Because we're going to do it on audio. So, I mean, even if it is a, a bad book, why can't we learn about these bad books? How are we supposed to know about the future if we can't even read a bad book? What, you're going to just cleanse all the books that we can read? So, See. They, so they, they torched our whole account. They don't even give you a warning and say, I'm sure Darren would have taken the book down. I offered right to take the book down. It was by Henry Ford. I mean, it's by one of the most famous people in the world, and we can't put it up there. And they don't just tell you you can't put it up. They torch your account. Oh, yeah. No, and then they, like, when I tried to appeal, they told me no, and then they were like, 
basically told me to stop emailing them. Their decision was final. And I mean, the real pain in the ass is because it's an avenue to audio. So, you know, we have contingency plans for it. It's not the end of the world, but that's like where my books were published. So they're like offline for a while. I know I went, you know what I was doing? I was trying to send your book to somebody and I went to click on it and the page is gone. So your book is gone from the internet. My books. uh, One is back. Did the reviews come back? Uh, It seems like the USA reviews came back. It seems like. So I just republished the paperback earlier today. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens over the next few days. I mean, I do have some concerns that they'll know that they're both me. Well, especially after your Twitter experience. I mean, you know, this is what we're You should probably make an account over at your place under your name. Under my IP. I mean, that's the other thing. Maybe I should start with a VPN right away. That's probably not a terrible idea. That's probably not a terrible, yeah, maybe. That's probably not a bad idea. So many people use those, and and I mean, now I'm really starting to see why. Not so much for tracking back, but tracking They get you at the bank account, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. If you want to get the money out, or if you want to, you know, that's where they, because you you haven't, uh, that's really the main thing. If you just save it up in there, they probably never care. But I think you have to have that payment information in there somehow. So, so speaking of Instagram, um, I want to give a shout out to our artist who does our weekly episode art. Um, she did a an amazing. Um, she does these little like sped up versions showing her actually doing the art, and this one for Andrew Gold is amazing. It's gold. I mean. It's uh, so go to uh, lucid underscore nap and I'll put a link in the show notes. And I mean, this Andrew gold uh, is, is, is unbelievable the way she did it and she put it forward. So, and you can see a lot of our artwork through, through her feed, but I mean, I think it's good to give her, um, give her a shout, give her a follow on there. Check out her stuff. Thanks, Nap. We appreciate all the art. Hundreds and hundreds of pieces for years. Yeah, and they're amazing. I mean, Andrew, Andrew's going to love this. this. I don't think <laughs> I looked at it yet. Oh, yeah, it's great. Totally. All right. So if, if he sees it, I mean, I'm sure he'll, he'll see it. Um, I would imagine. Yeah. So what so else can you I got? talk about like, this uh, universityofreason.com, which is Richard Grove's uh, website? Grove, if you call him Dick there. Grove. Dick Grove? Dick yep. Grove's website? Yeah. Um, let's see here. So there's a free lecture lecture delivered by him, um, on the topic of the autonomy mindset and it's 12 to one Eastern on Sunday, January 15th. So this upcoming Sunday, um, and then after that, there's an additional optional workshop add on for 47, uh, which is also delivered live by Richard and includes a Q and a about the lecture, then an interactive goal setting workshop. And that's one to three. So there's more details here. So, so far, there's lots of people already signed up. So you're not going to be alone. There's going to be a whole bunch of people there you can interact with. Um, Come join other freedom lovers looking to level up in 2023, guided by none other than Richard Grove of the Grand Theft World podcast. 
the Peace Revolution podcast, and the Autonomy Online course and community. Get an inside look at the value Richard provides in the Autonomy course with this mindset and goal setting event. Um, so I'll put a link. And this is open. This is free again. And it's open to anyone interested in expanding their horizons and strengthening their resilience and focuses on how to build an anti-fragile, abundant mindset. Um, it lays a great foundation for the workshop, of course, which follows immediately afterwards. Oh, that Richard Grove. Yeah. So I'll, um, I, I mean, I won't read too much more about it, but tell them that you tell them that Grimerica sent, they're trying to figure out how everybody's finding out about their stuff too. And just similar to like how it kind of worked for us in the end with no agenda. I mean, lots of people found no agenda through us and it's always great to hear about how you found out about things. So Andrew Gold even said it actually in this interview, when, when people go to find uh, on the edge by Andrew Gold, tell them Grimerica sent you. Tell them that oh. uh, Grimerica sent you to this oh. course, you know? Yeah. Oh, Grimerica sent you. It, help, it, helps, it helps us get way better guests. It helps us get uh, get out there more. It's, it's, Tell your friends yeah, about the good. show. Yeah. We still need yeah, some that, support. I mean, we haven't got no new monthlies in months. Maybe that's not true. We got some one times. We appreciate that. We love you, motherfuckers. Thank you very much for those uh, donations. They help. Help us get from A to B, but we could use some more monthly. We use some more support. Support is still down from the PayPal debacle of 2021. Right. That was, that was our Thanksgiving Right. We're still present. trying to, yeah, we're still trying to claw our way back from that. That was our Thanksgiving, Canadian Thanksgiving present. Yeah. Fucking PayPal hacking like a hundred subscriptions. GrimAmerica.ca slash support. You can be part of the comeback today. Sign up for monthly. Make a one-time donation. You can do that via Stripe or PayPal. We understand that the Stripe verbiage is a little dated but we lost the login information we're trying to get back into the page so we can change it grammarica.ca slash support it is more imperative than ever to support the show we're getting kicked off here we're getting kicked off there we need your support so we can push back and you know see what we can do and at least just keep going if you're still getting some value from the show if it's still worth our time to keep doing the show maybe we should find something else to do if it's not valuable anymore grammarica.ca slash support you let us know how valuable our work is here other than that you know Tell your friends. That's the other best way to support the show is to tell your friends that you like the show. It's a good show. Hey, you should listen to the show. Maybe you could sign up for the newsletter without telling them. Or just, you know, send them a link. Have them listen to the show. An episode yeah. they might like, and then maybe yeah, they'll re support. Review it. Review it as well. It's a good way to do it. We're shadow banned or actually banned on almost every platform at this point, including Kindle now. So, America.ca slash support. Sign up today. We love you guys. What else you got, mofo? Well, I got an email um, I wanted to read because it's about um, Jason Brashears, uh, RKX, who our last Outlawed release was with. It was a fantastic chat. That's our other show. That's another way to support us, grammericaoutlaw.ca. Um, my name is uh, Haidekai, uh, sorry, Akai. Um I'm Japanese and I've been living in the U.S. for 41 years since I came here when I was 21. I've been a great fan of the Grimerica show ever since YouTube happened to have presented to me several years ago. See, this is one of the reasons Back why in the day. YouTube, but this is one of the reasons why we were on YouTube and we stayed on YouTube as long as possible because it does, it does help with that. When people are searching stuff, YouTube pops up a lot as a result, right? And people find it through YouTube, like YouTube. That's the interesting thing. When you, you think see. about organic ways to find things, YouTube does have that platform 
I think we talk about this with Andrew actually on the show because um, his YouTube is blown up recently and it is a good way to find the actual overall podcast. What would you say there? About what? You said YouTube, you, you repeated, did I mispronounce it or something? Oh, I don't know. I don't know what I said. Actually, I even started. Oh, actually, I, I know what I said. So big shout oh. out to Graham's calves. They were pretty ripped. <laughs> Why did that come up now? Oh, it's just uh, the jingle board poking it's at me. I can just see it. I'm just looking yeah. at it. Uh, I even started supporting you. you guys a few years ago, even though it's pretty much at a minimum level. I do what I can. Anyway, I've encountered Jason's work through his YouTube channel, RKX. His finding based on his research was able to connect dots for me for all what I have found to be most resonant to me in terms of how this world reality is made up. I grew up in Japan, so naturally I'm familiar with Shinto and Buddhism. However, I wasn't sure of anything when I get to the U.S. When I was having a hell of a time with my ex-American wife at the time around the 90s, I became a born-again Christian. So I'm very familiar with Bible and Christianity in general also. My Christian life only lasted about seven years since I could not resonate with that church, what the church was trying to teach. After that, I got attracted to New Age for a while. That's around when I got familiar with the principle of quantum physics as well. Over time, I eventually encountered with the true core teaching of Hanya Shingyo, the Heart Sutra, where the teaching of it actually describes the mechanism of reality, the wave and particle of quantum physics and the so-called law of attraction started to make sense since then. Then recently I found out about the RKX channel on YouTube. Jason's presentations made so much sense to me, especially since I got into the Tartaria flat earth videos for a while right before that. The concept of the so-called reset has been happening periodically made so much sense after I watched several videos of Jason's interview by somebody else. This guy was in jail for 26 years or so since he was 17. And during that time, he has read so many old historical books, over 1,200. I think now his bibliography is up to like 1340 or something like that, which is available on his website, of which most were not available at any other place but the Texas jail library where he was at. These books were in from the 1800s or older. Anyways, based on his research of all the historical chronological books he has read, he wrote several books and later on, he started putting out YouTube videos on his findings. His simulation theory on our reality makes so much sense to me. Resets by the way of the Phoenix event also makes so much sense to me. What's very interesting to me is that my number one favorite comic artist from Japan, Osamu Tezuku, his famous li or his life's work, Phoenix, Hintori in Japanese, which is made up of 12 to 16 volume comic books, depending on the publisher, has this similar concept. The books are presented as sci-fi fantasy, but Tezuka was very familiar with the core teaching of Buddha. In fact, he also has the comic books called Buddha, which consists of 14 volumes. And it is Tezuka's unique interpretation of the life of Gautama Buddha. And he, so then he, he links to the channels. Anyways, I wanted to read that. Uh, thank you very much for all you do, Aki or Akai. I wanted to read that because it's kind of like a you know primer about our latest Outlaw episode with Jason, which is a fantastic chat. It was a good one. Definitely was. I was watching some of his YouTube stuff. Oh, were you? Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. 
That's interesting. That's not you don't really do that very often. So I don't. That's that's a pretty that's saying a lot. That is that is. Shout out to Jason getting me look. So uh it's interesting stuff, especially the later stuff. Um I found that stuff from like a few years ago was just the audio wasn't there. I'm such an audio fucking guy, it drives me crazy, yeah. but the later stuff is spot on. I mean, that's the good thing about our audio on YouTube is that it's all leveled up. Like your your podcast audio is way better than a lot of times when people just do it straight on YouTube with all the different levels. They do interviews and stuff like that. You can hardly hear one person or one person's coming in too loud. I mean, that to me is the big difference between podcasting as well, right? I don't think a lot of those YouTube audios go through the same uh, professional filtering process, eh? Half the podcast, more than half the podcast don't. Right. Well, that too, I guess, but. So I was looking for quotes. It's the profound quote of the week. Darren, can you guess it? It's the profound quote of the week. What'd you come up with? Well, I mean, I I was thinking like I wanted to do one on on atheism, and uh, and I started searching like Rudolf Steiner quotes on atheism, or just to find some like cool quotes on atheism, and they're just nasty. So I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna read them. I I think atheism again is something that's changed definitions since probably the late 1800s, early 1900s. Probably got a much different, uh, a more specific meaning nowadays, probably. So well, then we I can, we kind of talk about that in the episode. Then I found one by Matt, uh, by somebody. I'll I won't say who it is. Um, in order to be a truly successful rascal, you also have to be an atheist. Graham Hancock. No, no. Richard Dawkins. Manly P. Hall. Son of a bitch. That I and then I got a I got another quote here too. This is a not very well known guy, but. When we try in good faith to believe in materialism, in the exclusive reality of the physical, we're asking ourselves to step aside. We are disavowing the very realm where we exist and where all things precious are kept. The realm of emotion and conscience, of memory and intention and sensation. Michael Fitzgerald. Good try. Um, John Updike. Oh, hey, you know. Sean and I were doing this thing the other day, watching this thing where it said to pick a number between one and a hundred to test your intuition. Oh, that's that thing. Yeah. yeah. I fucking nailed it. Did you? Yeah. Wow. 72. Wow, the first, the first time? Yeah. Dude, I think I guessed 73 when I came out in 72. And it was and probably 72? Probably at the same, yeah. That was one off. Yeah. Yeah, you're usually a little off. So, <laughs> what else is that in? I guess shout out to our buddies. Over at Spores Lab or Psychedelia.io, all of which is in the show notes if you want to check that out. For this rad t-shirt I'm wearing. Another care package with all sorts of, you know, stuff that might come from those sorts of places. And if you want to get some stuff from those sorts of places and you're in Canada, check them out because uh, they got good stuff. Oh, somebody was complaining to me that they were in the States and they, these guys don't ship to Canada. They're like, I'm like, I'm sure there's lots of good places in the States, but I mean, I don't know. I got to be careful about randos, you know, coming to us for links to 
to shroom deliveries in the States. Yeah, that's, you do want to watch right? that. Yeah, that's so I didn't really say anything specific, up. but, you know, there's got to be good places in the States. Got to be. Got to be. I mean, even Randall Carlson was talking about all those Navy SEALs that are creating their own um, mushroom stuff, their own mushroom. mushroom Zoomer bloomers. You know, yeah, so actually. It's the GMT that's hard to find. Look into what? Uh, those Navy SEALs that are doing that are doing the mushrooms to help uh, PTSD. We should. Uh, we'll I think the they're show. actually getting into the business of it, like, like our friends here in Canada. That'd be gnarly. That would be cool. All right. Well, you got anything else? Well, I got a little uh, a, a little, little bio. bio. Yeah. Or yeah, and I I had a couple up. Op- I mean, I was gonna do some operations. Uh, there's a couple interesting ones tied to uh, Scientology. Should we do a quick one here just for uh, the hell of it? A quick what? Synchro? A what? Um, no. Do you, yeah. Do you want to do a, a quick uh, operation project on Scientology? No? Mm, save it for next time. Okay. All right. So Andrew Gold, On the Edge. That's his podcast. He's a journalist, TV presenter who speaks five languages, lived in six countries, producing docs on bizarre and controversial sub subcultures. He battled an abusive exorcist, dueled with the crazy baby lady and hunted UFOs, working on a book now and a TV doc on pedophilia and spoke to a teen school head boy pedophilia for pod episode six. Huh. He's uh there's a, some fun facts here. I won't get into them all, but he's won a bunch of awards too, um, uh, documentaries and stuff like that. But he started his own, you know, he put, I think, most of his effort into the last couple of years uh, into his own podcast. There you go. That's the way to do it. That's what we did. It's our effort. Let us know if you like it. Other than that, let us know if you like this, like this fabulous chat with Mr. Andrew Gold. Andrew Gold, welcome to Grey America. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. What a pleasure it is to be here. Yeah, this will be a fantastic chat. You're just you're just slaying it right now. All kinds of podcasts, and you got your documentaries, and yeah, there'll be lots to talk about. 
Yeah, it feels like stuff's going well, you know, and I'm not used to that because I've I've had 33 years of it never going well in the last couple of months. Uh, some of the podcast has taken off and, and done really well. And uh, I, I, th- I think I preferred it when it w- I wasn't doing well. Yeah. I had things to complain about, you know. Uh, and now it feels like it's all going to go away. So I'm going to, I've got more to lose, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Why, why do you think it, why wasn't it going well for you? I mean, you're putting out amazing docs, you're winning awards, you're on the BBC, like, Oh man, it's, it was because it's a constant struggle. It's a constant struggle. So people see the films and things and they see, you know, the social media thing. Oh, he's won an award. And then they sort of forget. And then you go day after day for, you know, years trying to sell the next one, trying to get a producer to listen to you. So making right. an, your own podcast, like you'll, you'll know this, you know, being your own boss and just you put it out when you want to but but it's a struggle for the first couple of years and then for some reason the stuff i did about scientology went bananas and who knows why and now it's it's going a bit better all the other stuff as well as being listened to so yeah wow so the, when did and you decided to do this during covid was it because it's only been a couple of years right that's right two 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 and a half years now and yeah as you guys know the first uh, year and a half, two years is it, no matter who you are, no matter what, unless you've got like Kim Kardashian's following, you know, it's, it's a struggle. Uh, and it's finally got to that point where it's, it's going. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, and, and yeah, so many people have podcasts now we're noticing, you know, a lot of the researchers, like when we started 10 years ago, people would come on the show to talk about their research and their books and stuff like that. But now a lot of those people have their own shows, right? Everybody's got their own platform now. So it's a, it's a different environment. So you're right. Even if you're popular, you've done a lot of good work. It's still a lot of work to get it up and yeah. running. So yeah. what, what um, you're putting out like three, three a week, it seems, or you're going pretty hard on it. eh? Yeah, that's right. I mean, I, I, I saw that some of the big guns were doing that, you know, yeah. the Jordan Harbingers who he became a friend of mine. Uh, and I thought, you know what, why, I've got to really go at it. You know, I'm in my thirties. That's when you've got a bit more time. You don't have family and stuff. And it's those three. And then the YouTube is where I really sort of earn a living. And the YouTube, it's it's those three episodes plus like loads of clips and additional material. So you're just constantly at it. And then being a guest on wonderful shows like this in an attempt to get some of that audience over to your own and keep yeah, running yeah. an empire. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So are you worried about the YouTube, like the algorithms, the censorship, the cancellation? Like, do you, na- do you have to be careful about how you navigate that? Does it frustrate you? Yep. Yep. I got a, I got a, a, a warning strike for hate speech uh, the other day. Uh, and for hate speech? <laughs> yeah. And all I did was I put up a clip where I wanted to analyze a BBC presenter who I admire very much called Louis Theroux or Thoreau, it would be in America. Uh, and he was getting shouted at by Nazis. And because there were Nazis in the video, it was like I was supporting the Nazis, you know, oh, even no. though I was, this you know, is the problem. Yeah. Oh my God. There's no context, yeah. right? Ah, oh. yeah. So I got it. Um, I got them to like, I appealed and they got a human to actually look at it. And the human stood by their decision that I had committed <gasps> hate speech. What? And I, yeah, so I had to tweet and stuff, and I put out all this, these tweets because the thing is, I come from, I mean, I'm an atheist or whatever, but I come from a Jewish lineage, and this was about neo-Nazis who were attacking Jews. So I had to sort of, I don't like doing that, but I had to sort of play that card and tweet, you know, hey, listen, I'm a Jewish guy who's just got a thing for hate speech by calling out neo-Nazis, what's going on YouTube? And luckily enough, people got behind it that they eventually removed, no apology or anything, but they removed that that warning well, did you did you play did you play the atheist jew card or just the jew card because they could both I work together <laughs> probably pretty good well yeah well i didn't mention that i was an atheist but the, you know <laughs> if i were an atheist jew would be put on the trains with the rest of the jews you know it didn't matter about your religion so many of i mean if i were alive back then and they'd said to me you know 
<laughs> renounce your faith. I'd be like, mate, don't worry about the, f- I, got, I don't believe in any of that stuff, but they'd still put me on the trains. So unfortunately, God, it's quite a, quite a horrible thought, isn't it? But they took it away. But this is the thing with YouTube and the censorship and stuff. What a lot of people probably don't realize, and maybe people don't listening, people listening don't, but like this is our, whether it's YouTube or Spotify or Apple, whatever, it's our living. And there are very few jobs nowadays because they're so protected and unionized and stuff where you don't know if like the work you do is going to be paid for. Uh, you don't know if you're just going to suddenly have your job taken away from you through a strike or something. Arbitrarily, no res- resources, no one to talk to, and that's it, and you're out, and you've got no job, and you're jobless, and that's it. Not, not um, only that, there's no traditional marketing uh, really uh, path- pathways either because those are kind of – they're like now shadow banned. They're, you know, they're canceled. Yeah. Like You can't really just go normally and just market it. Like before, When we first started our – our podcast it was fun to watch it on the itunes and we we had a fairly good start 10 years ago we were very very happy with the start we could see it on the front page and we could see you know people were finding it in itunes even there was a different sort of whole way to find stuff now that's kind of gone right that's all gone now people people don't really stumble i don't think people are stumbling across our podcast that are just looking for podcasts you know it's youtube seems to have picked up again i mean we not a lot, not like it used to, because we, but we stalled out at like 10,000 subs for like a year and a half. That shit did not move. Mm. And yeah. suddenly it started creeping back up again. We've gained about 1,500 subs or so in the last few months. But we also, we also don't months. focus on, we don't it's focus just a place it, to no. put our audio podcast really, yep. you know, but yep. maybe we should, maybe we should put as much as we can into it now before it's too late. I don't know. Well, the way it worked for me was I was doing the same thing. I focused on the audio podcast and just put it on YouTube with the video. I often start, not at the beginning, but then I started doing a video as well with it. Uh, Didn't get any traction for for two years. And then suddenly stuff started to blow up. And then I've started treating it now as a very different platform. So instead of like on the audio podcast, episode seven with so-and-so who did it, you can't put that on YouTube. You've just got to be like, do you think this is a thing? No, it's not. That's like the title now. You know, you can't be episode seven with Andrew Gold about X. It's like, you don't know what you don't know about exorcisms. It's all got to be titles like that. And that's, (laughs) it started working they, even on YouTube, I saw they put out a video and they said like the best example they have of something that's clickable was just like a rectangle that was just yellow. And then yeah. the title was, this is not a yellow. Question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm clicking that. How can that not be yellow? Of course it's yellow. So it's just a different game. It's a different marketing. And then it's, there's discoverability. And the audio podcast, I think they've got to like catch up with that because there's no discoverability. You, you can't, you can't, what can you do? It's impossible. Yeah, exactly. That's a really good point. So I'm glad... I feel like I'm on the right track with that sort of thought pattern then. So yeah, that it is the discoverability problem with audio. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and the YouTube algorithm is so good on the red, the YouTube red or the, the premium app is it's hard to beat with all these other alternative video apps. Like it's not the YouTube one is so addictive and it's yeah. so good. You can tell they've put so much money into creating that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Everyone says go so, on Rumble, you know, less yeah, strokes but, and stuff like that, but it's not as good. It's it, the no, framework, the whole thing. Yeah, a bit exactly. I mean, no maybe they'll there. get there one day, but there's yeah. some people there, well, but not compared to YouTube. I mean, there's just no. Even the big shows are doing a fraction of what they were doing no, before. Some some of them are doing like Sticks, Hex, and Hammer. There's some people that are doing the same as they were doing on YouTube. There's a handful, but yeah, I don't know who because I won't use the platforms. I mean, that's the problem. Is like I go there and I try and watch stuff, and it's just like, well, this sucks. 
He does. <laughs> I've been yeah. spoiled Viva with Fly. YouTube and you know, it just, and, and not just YouTube. You mean we got Netflix, we got prime, we got all these streaming services that just work. And then, I mean, I, my hat goes off to those guys for trying to build an alternative, but it's just like my patience isn't there to try and watch something with a, yeah. if the wheel has to keep coming up or, yeah. you know, yeah. it's no, so, good. it's no good. So there seems to be a thread or a theme through your, your work. Would you, would you say that? Is there one? Yeah. What is it? Yeah. I'm trying to develop what that is as well. I'm trying to figure out more and more as you go. And, and again, not to just bang on about YouTube and stuff, but it does sort of help you narrow that down because you see what works. And what works for me is very different to what works for my friend, my friend, Sean Atwood. I'm often on his show as well. And he'll do things about true crime, but he used to be a true crime gangster himself. So that does really well. And then he'll do stuff about Scientology and it doesn't do so well. And it's the opposite for me. Wow. So, that's so weird. Yeah. Really interesting to see what it is, what why that happens. So I've come to the realization, I think my thing, the thing that fascinates me most is belief, why we believe in stuff. Uh, so that can be cults and Cult, religion. Yeah. I, I did get into some of like the culture wars because I think that belief is still there. I think there's not just religious belief, there's there's political belief and there's uh, and it's just as fascinating to me, but it didn't quite do as well for me. Uh, and I think, you know what, maybe I am happier with that kind of, so yeah, looking at extreme religion, exposing, uh, fake exorcisms and exorcists and, uh, that kind of thing is, is where I feel most at home. I'd say. Yeah. You do a pretty good job at making it seem like you're not exposing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, you know, um, you know what I mean? Like, you, yeah. you, I feel like you're not pushing your ideology around, even though, you know, even though you're atheist, even though you're probably not falling into a lot of these belief systems, like it doesn't come across condescending like a lot of, I would say a lot of um, atheists or materialists might. I think, I think that's because I, I came to this, there's this feeling that I'm not the first to say this, but it feels like everything that I hold as a belief is right because I wouldn't hold those beliefs if I didn't think that those things that I think are right, right? So everything I believe, I think that must be right. But I also know that, that ca I can't possibly be right about everything because nobody is. So there's that. And I think we all have that contradiction in our minds. Like we all know, we all feel we're right about all of our convictions. Of course we do, because we wouldn't hold those convictions otherwise, but we know we can't be right about everything. So to go into any topic with like, uh, look at those idiots who blah, 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 what's the point? You're just going to alienate people. They're going to not like you. You're not going to move people over. And I might be wrong. And then how silly am I going to feel in a few years? So it's much more fun to look into these things going, who knows? Who knows? I don't believe in any of the paranormal personally, but but I love looking into it. And, and why belittle that? Yeah, yeah. We just did a show with, uh, and, and it's, it might be a book you might be interested in. I don't know. It's a Richard, Dr. Richard Gallagher. He was a psychiatrist for 25 years. He says he's the doctor that has uh, assisted or seen the most exorcisms in real life. Wow. Like, and he, but he really made it. He really, I, this is why I think you'd find it interesting is he really, Bal it was a quite an objective look at it. He says most of it is bullshit, and he's been able to tease apart a lot of the stuff that's bullshit. So these people that come to him that they say they've been possessed, um, he's got a whole a technique of figuring out like scientifically, like okay, these these are just they're having mental problems or whatever. They're there's uh, there's something else going on. They're not really possessed, but there's a small percentage, a few that he mentions, and there's evidence that he sees that the yeah there's. There's something there. So he does his books called Our Demonic Foes or The Demonic Foes. Mm. Or, um, and and 
he does come to the conclusion that yeah, there are these uh, evil demons that are possessing a certain amount, a small amount of of these people. So mm. pretty interesting. But he talks about you know, I mean, super. There's a, a few telltale signs like speaking another language is completely knowing things that you would. There's no way you could possibly know supernatural strength. There's a couple things that uh, that come through that that tell him that this might be something to look consider you know well, well let's let's say that is the case and okay so maybe uh, uh, by, by his standards i don't know one percent of them are real right? yeah let's or say let's say like one or two percent or something yeah yeah or it doesn't even need to be one or two percent it just needs to be one ever right yep. and that's mad and then imagine being in the room for that bloody hell imagine that yeah well that's what he he's he's talks about a couple of cases like that uh, that he's been in the room for. There's also a book called The Right from quite a few years ago that's pretty freaky when you read it. Um, uh, I hope my internet's not frozen. I can hear you, but I you can hear it me. Seems okay, like at, oh, back. At the oh, he's back. back. He's back. Sorry, that okay. never happens. I don't know. I don't know what happened. I, I might have kicked something because I was getting excited. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, that thinking. would be. I mean, that's the thing, right? Oh, it yeah. would be crazy. But the one you saw, I mean, I was like, oh god, that must have been very uncomfortable to witness. Yeah, well, he was um, you know, he was a fraud. Um, yeah, 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 and he was abusing <laughs> abusing women, right? I mean, was he like abusing them sexually at all, or did you did you end up finding anything? Out? I mean, I don't even want to put you in that spot if you if you haven't actually answered it fully like that. But I know you've mm. said abuse, so well, he's abusive, and okay, the reason yeah. I don't go further than that is because I don't know anything a hundred percent. You right, never do, right. yeah, yeah, and because yeah, yeah. he could, he could he could sue me. Uh, he doesn't speak English, so he's not, he's not going to hear this anyway. Yeah, so I don't yeah. think I have to be that careful. But we insinuated uh, what might be happening. I mean, he's taking. It always seems to be women, nearly always, that he exorcises, often very young. One of them has stayed with him. She sleeps upstairs in the church with him. They go on holidays together. The rest of the clergy are very jealous of their closeness uh so so and it seems to be some rumor of that they that they'd kiss they kiss each other on the lips and in public sometimes so that's as far as we go with it yeah it was it was fascinating because i thought you know if I, if somebody was screaming in my ear like that i'd be fucking screaming back to you after a while yeah well that's the thing right so i again i don't want to i'm never coming here and going none of this exists and none of it's real the demon stuff right but we'll put that to a side for a second say one percent of it is real the interesting thing for me is the 99 percent that is not real uh well they're both interesting for thoughts actually but the 99 percent that's not real what's going on with the human mind because isn't that fascinating uh how that works and placebo and suggestion and you see how it works Darren brown the, the mentalist he's very good at this he has a netflix special called miracle where he basically does exorcisms and he gets people up on stage and he cures their ailments and he says I don't have any magical powers. I'm doing this with psychology. Uh, so really fascinating. And it just brings up so many questions about the human mind, which I think is the most remarkable thing that we know of in the universe. So what would it take then to like for you to say, okay, I'm no longer an atheist. Like, I mean, would it take like a, a certain death experience or an out of body experience? If you see some invisible realm or you had a UFO sighting or a deep, meaningful synchronicity, I mean, hmm. you know, all of a sudden you start speaking in another language or, you know, what, what would it take for you? Do you think, have you ever thought about well, that? 
Yeah, I, and I'm I mean, a linguist. Of course, you so think I, about it because that's you know. <laughs> I spend days thinking about it. You know, I love it. I, I'm fascinated by it. I grew up as a sort of Jewish family. Went to synagogue, and was I was always like thinking about these things, uh, as most of us do. You know, I, I'm sure that's not that exceptional. Um, and, and I do speak languages because I'm obsessed with languages. So I went and learned a bunch, bunch of languages. But um, what would it take? That's a great question, by the way, as well. You formed that. I like how you formed that question. That's like uh, Peter Bogosian, uh, who was a guest on my podcast. He talks about street epistemology. And he always says, like, you, ha you hold this belief, whether it's about, you know, uh, trans people or whatever culture war thing it might be. And how, to what extent do you hold it? And they say, you know, eight out of 10. And they go, he goes, what would it take? What would you have to see or experience to be a seven out of 10? How can we just, what would happen? And often people just go, nothing, nothing would ever change their mind. And it's like, well, you're used, there's no point having a conversation then. So there were definitely things that I could see that would change my mind about uh, spirituality, religion, and stuff like that. But I don't know. I suppose it's like me asking, I mean, you don't believe in, there's loads of things that some people believe in that you don't believe in. So let's say well, okay. uh, like, I mean, uh, I was... reincarnation. What? Well, what about reincarnation? Do you believe in reincarnation? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's find one you don't. What is one you don't believe in that a lot of people do? Flat Earth. <laughs> okay. What would it take for you to believe in flat Earth theory? Like I, I don't know if I can get there. I mean, I, I it's well, surely it's so. They, if, it's if so you well, okay. It here, here's you know what. Here's what I was going to answer you before you asked that question because I was going to jump in and say, for example, I'm, I'm, I've gone down sort of my, you know, rabbit holes of different beliefs I'm, I'm more of a believer than a skeptic in a lot of ways and i can't really go back now right i i, I don't think i could i've from the stuff i've experienced and the stuff i've seen physically myself there's there's this i i can't go back to past a certain point yeah so, so then to imagine answers and i don't have any answers and i don't so know, to imagine, know what it is to imagine so I where i am something then. else out there right so, yeah. So for you to, I just want, I want you to be able to feel how I feel to all those things that you say you experience and now you can't go, I haven't experienced them. Yeah. But if I did, yeah. that's what it would take, presumably, because we're both humans with brains and minds. Why would we work so differently? I would have to see and experience the same things you did to, to lose my atheism. Yeah. Which yeah. could happen. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe, yeah. you know, or maybe it, I mean, there's the other, the other part in this, which is, Maybe they won't happen to you because you can't, uh, or because because you're not, you know, you're because like you're impotent. an atheist. Like, where does the belief come into the, you know, yeah. the the uh, the? How does the phenomena d interact with your belief system or non-belief system? You know, yeah. or it does yeah, or like does it interact? I like that. It's like I'm I'm religiously impotent. Like I can't feel it. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I well, know. Better than the, the other kind of impotent. <laughs> what, what did you say? It's better than regular impotent. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, you know, maybe I've got that as well. But I'll, you know, I've got all the imp all, all types of impotences. No, I don't know. You're, I mean, it's a good point. It might be that. Who who knows what's out there? You've got to be open minded to it. The thing is, I would like to think that I am as open minded as an atheist can be to the, to these things. When That's I was making the exorcism film, I was like. Oh, please see something because yeah. how boring to be like, I'm an atheist. I'm going to go and look at an, an exorcism. Oh, it was fake. Like what a boring thing. Now, fortunately we found that he was messing around with the women. So we had a, you know, fortunately not for the women, but fortunately for us as documentary makers, 
at least at least that's interesting but to just come in like i'm an atheist i don't believe stuff oh look so, boring so i do yeah. want to have my mind changed you know yeah well that's what i kind of meant by like you you, you seem to really have a good approach um about oh, it, it well, you know you. you didn't come you don't come across like just with that negativity of like oh you can't change my mind i'm an atheist kind of thing you know it's it's so what what do you what is like being an atheist to you for is it is it being a materialist is materialist different from an atheist um is it like how is it different from an agnostic like because i don't i don't really necessarily believe in it in in a specific deity i just think there is a higher power there's something beyond my understanding um and it's not just material right it's not like that's kind of where where i'm at you know i don't have answers i don't have any really dogmatic beliefs i just know something else that i can't that i can't explain that's really interesting and and so according i interviewed someone the other day called emma thorne who's like a known youtuber atheist um and i i asked her similar questions i said you know what is uh, agnosticism and atheism she would classify you i think like she's not here so i you know i don't want to say for sure as an agnostic because she said that that uh that theism is a belief in a very particular god whether it be the christian or the muslim or the jewish or whatever it is uh whereas you're an agnostic by her terms and this is the interesting thing about words i think there is objective truth but words have slightly different de definitions people don't define them in the same way sometimes uh and, and i think there's no better example of that than agnostic and atheist because people argue over their definitions for years and people get really into the weeds with that stuff um i would say that yes, you're an agnostic, and I just think I'm an atheism. I just think I'm slightly further along uh, on that than, than you. It doesn't mean, as far as I'm concerned, and again, this is just for me, it doesn't mean that I don't think there's some sort of higher thing going on. It doesn't mean that, I, you know, I'm, I'm open to all those things. I just, I don't know what that is. And I suppose I, I try to live my life on, on the premise that that, that that is irrelevant to me and that I don't know, and that if there is a God, that he made me, so he probably li likes me, <laughs> I hope. And even if I don't believe in him or whatever, I'll still go to heaven, you know? I hope. <laughs> yeah. So do you, would so re where does reincarnation fit into that? No, I don't believe in reincarnation. Okay. Yeah, well, just because I was just wondering if that. There are so many beliefs that are very, very common to different cultures. Yeah. So I thought you probably wouldn't just because yeah. it tends to be like an Eastern culture thing. Mm. It's no, it's no more out, more or less out there than any other spiritual or non-spiritual belief. You know, the thing is belief so important. And a lot of atheists, okay, sometimes when they get on their high horses about things, uh, oh, well, how can you just believe stuff? Cause you've just read it and been told it or whatever. <laughs> well, you know, how do I know that the earth, okay, I'm not a flat earther. I believe the earth is sphere, spherical, but that is faith. That is belief because I haven't done the exercises myself. I'm terrible at maths and I'm terrible at physics. So I'm relying on a bunch of very clever people to tell me it's true. And I believe them, but it's faith. So then you start to look through all your beliefs, whether they be political, whatever, and you start to see how like shaky the ground is. So yeah, I believe the earth is spherical. I don't personally believe in reincarnation. But who the hell am I? Like, what do I know? So that's how I feel. What about intelligent yeah, I, design in general? Do you leave room for that? Like, do you think? Yeah, because the, like, where where does atheism come in? Where it comes into like, you know, because intelligent design doesn't need to be God. Well, that's the thing. So, so I think that would be if you're not going 
and this is just this 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 lady Emma Thorne's view, right? And I'm sure other other people listening will have different views, but they would she would say, well, that's agnosticism. That's you going some sort of intelligent design out there, but I don't believe in a religious god, or maybe it's somewhere just between agnosticism and and theism. You know, it's sort of a god. Well, I don't I don't know. You know. Where do you fit on that? So, like, is your atheism a full on? Like, you don't think like any of that simulation stuff or all that? There's none of that is, or do you leave room mm-hmm. open for that? I don't. Because know. a lot well, of atheists seem to just stop at God, right? I stop at. I definitely don't believe in in like the Christian or the Jewish or the you know I don't believe in that God because it just it makes sense to me in my mind, which could be wrong that people back in the day a couple thousand years ago wrote stuff and we're uh, oh hang on i've just i've accidentally pushed a button that's <laughs> yeah that's, that's okay played music <laughs> um <laughs> i didn't know it could do that i've learned a new thing um yeah i i know you know people write stuff and it's it's not enough for me and as a journalist i want to collate information and and see you know proof i've got to see proof uh intelligent design to me evolution is is the best that makes the most sense to me. Um, but then what's before evolution? Where's, where did that come from? Where did, I don't know. And I don't have the answers. What, what about. Oh, I lost you, Graham. Yeah, I lost you. There was a little beep. I just noise. clicked on my button that muted me instead of playing You're music. too excitable. <laughs> yeah, I know. So <laughs> what about, what about um, like talking about people writing stuff? Um, mm. What about thousands of years of writing and the seek- ancient mystery schools and the people that have been talking about like using reincarnation again, for example, like what about just the, the plethora of information and, and, and philosophers and people that have talked about this because of their experience with invisible realms and because of their experiences with out of body stuff and, and NDEs mm. going back thousands of years. Like there's so much information about that. Like mm. I know that's not somebody just writing, Oh, Hey, this is what, you know, this is what I believe happens, but it's just over and over and over again. Where do you stand? This is another thing to ask uh, on trans ideology. Can a, can a man who feels like a woman be a woman? If they want to be inside their head, just, I don't, my, my thing is you can't, but, uh, I mean, you do what you want to do, stay the fuck away from the kids, but, uh, I will assume your gender and I will probably assume your sexuality too, unless you correct me. So you're you're sure you're not the other Darren Grimes. Um, so, (laughs) So, so right. But thousands and thousands of people over the years have said, particularly recently, but there's historical evidence, have said when they are men, I am literally a woman. But that's not enough. It's not enough for you, Darren. And I'm not entirely sure it's enough for me, though I might be scared to say so. If it's enough for them, I think that's great. I think that's great. Yeah, but it doesn't make it it true. Just leave the fuck out of me. Yeah, let's leave me away from it. It doesn't make it true. So like, I'm more than happy for someone... Yeah, so they can, well, that's, I think that's the best sort of metaphor I can find for atheism. Thousands of people have said it and it's their personal, and I don't for a minute believe any of these people are lying. I believe that they are perceiving things in a way that is outside of my sphere of understanding. So the the trans thing, I try and stay out of the discussion because it's just so heated and people will kill me, much more than religion these days, I would say. Uh, but it's the same thing. They're both, maybe they're both, I, I, it doesn't make sense to me, the trans thing, but maybe, maybe okay. Because I don't feel like a man or a woman, you know, I just sort of am and do, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm walking, I'm doing, I don't feel like a sex, I'm just whatever. Like, and obviously I'm sexually a, a man, I'm biologically a man. So whatever. Well, you I don't know, understand. Those, Go on. 
I love that. I, lo- I That's a good point. I understand what you're saying because, I mean, there is an overlap there with reincarnation and trans ideology. I mean, I met somebody that was recently mm. recently transitioned and she she kind of puts it she. So now I see that I'm already getting confused on what the – so <laughs> he used to be a gay man and now she's a she, right? Or he's a she. And, mm. and she calls herself genuine because – and she believes in a lot of this, the same kind of like crazy belief systems that I have about reincarnation and UFOs and whatever. There's all the spiritual realm of stuff. And, and I think she thinks that she's been reincarnated so many times into a male or female body that now she's, she thinks she should be in a different, she should be a different gender. So there, she, she goes back and thinks that it's, it's because of a bunch of past lives that, you know, and I kind of have some room for that in a way. Like if you've been a, a man for so many past lives or a woman for so many past lives and all of a sudden you're a man or there's some sort of balance that has to happen. Like, you know, you need to be a woman this time. I think it's a nice idea about the past lives. I think one thing that a lot of people don't want to admit, and I'm happy to admit, is that I'm I'm scared, uh, incredibly scared of, of death. I really, really don't want to die. And it's not cool to say that. Because in all the books you read, like Harry Potter or whatever it might be, the person who wants to live forever is always the evil one. It's seen as like greedy, you know, oh, you want more years, do you, you greedy, evil villain? Uh, So obviously we're not supposed to say that out loud. And everybody always says like, no, you know what I feel like when I get to the end of my life, I've had a good innings, I'm done. And it's like very few people are dying and actually saying that. The ones who are dying are like grasping for every bit of life that they can. So there is a huge fear of death. And I think the idea of, of reincarnation, and what I'm saying is not disproof of reincarnation. It's just why we might want to believe in it. It's like, yeah. oh, I continue in some form. But if I don't have my, my memories and I don't have, apparently some people do, I understand that, but most of us don't, then it's not really me. I want to be me forever, you know? Yeah, not, yeah, that it's, yeah. not that it's so great being me, but like, I want to just, I love like breathing and touching and, and interacting with people. And I just want that to go on and it won't. And that kills me. Well, I mean, it could if it you might. worked on it 12 hours a day and you learned how to do it. I mean, the, this is what the, you know, the ancient wisdom teachers think, right? You can, you can yeah. fix that problem, but I'm not saying, I, I don't know about that. I just find it very fascinating that people say that they can learn how to bring their essence to the next incarnation. Sure. Darren, what were you going to say? Well, maybe you didn't, maybe, maybe you can, maybe that's what'll happen. You'll just, you know, you'll die and you just keep going. Just blip, oh, I don't blip, know. blip. You know what? I, I'll say this. I mean, it's no atheist, crazier you know? than everything being fucking nothing. I mean, it's no crazier than that. It's no, certainly no scarier as well. It's much better the idea of living on forever. Well, I mean, if like I, everything know, being nothing, like the desk that I'm leaning on and the chair that I'm sitting on. I mean, you know, science isn't that much crazier. I mean, it's just all empty space. I'm just sitting on empty space, talking empty space through empty space. That's pretty. Wild. We need, you know, we need to start smoking something because we're getting out there now, aren't we? It's everything. Is my yellow the same yellow as yours? Do we see the same? It's, it's fascinating that stuff, man. I love all the philosophy, and that's why I feel sometimes that there's enough of it. There's enough intrigue in, I suppose, the material world. But if I died tomorrow and turned up in heaven, I, I promise you, no one would be happier than me to realize I was wrong. Like, yes, like this is fantastic. I would just be so happy. So I hope it is true. Well, as long as you get through the life review, okay, and you have to go over all the emotional pains of hurting people and shit like that, that might be a bit rough, but, you know. Yeah, 
I'm quite nice. I think I try to be nice to people. So hopefully that. Exactly. Hopefully that's all right. So, so, um, you've, Darren, do you have any questions before we move on? No, we can move on. No, let's move on. Not that we're moving on anywhere far, but you know, so you, you seem to have, I mean, you talk about cults quite a bit in your show. It's fascinating. You know, the belief system of cults and stuff like that is really quite mind blowing. Um, have you addressed the COVID cult? You know, the people that want to force us to do like experimental medical procedures that have disastrous results that, you know, maybe are kind of going a little bit overboard on pushing people to do certain things or have you managed to avoid that one? What, what there? (laughs) Well, we're not speaking before about getting, (laughs) getting strikes. Yeah. On my YouTube channel. I was very careful about how I explained that. I mean, Look, By the I time they the give word. us the strike for this one, the other strike will have come off. So we've hit. This is just this... audio, isn't it? You know, yeah, but it goes go on YouTube. YouTube too. Yeah, they automatically yeah. go to YouTube. We've like got the strike the... too, like four times now. Okay, but they come off. I, didn't say, I was very this? careful about. No, it's fine. I, like, no, I thought about fine. what I was saying ahead of time. I was very careful not to say any bad words, and you're still giving me shit about it. Well, because you always give me shit. Should we have a fight? We'll have a fight. We have plenty of fights. Let's do. Let's do this. That'll, let's that'll let's get, get us all more of the, po- <laughs> You guys have been doing this for years. Let's get it all out on the table, the imaginary table. Let's get it out there. It is an imaginary table. That's yeah. the thing. But the issues that you have are very far from imaginary. No, I don't know. Do you, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I presume exactly. you're. I presume you're best of friends and everything's fine. <laughs> oh yeah, it's all good. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, well that's good. Um, what I would say about the that COVID stuff. Um. Uh, you know, like Look, I, I think I, what interest. Yeah, go on. I, I just didn't want to. I didn't want to derail it, but I am interested because it's a very cult-like mentality. So I wanted to see what you thought about that in yeah. terms of all the shows you've done, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, it's a really hard one. You know, I, I try. I, I think what I enjoy more than anything is the gray zone, right? That's why I don't want to be the atheist who's going like, "Oh, what a bunch of videos everyone else." I want to be like, "Oh, where am I wrong? What's the other side to this? Why do so many people believe a different thing from me? And why would I be arrogant enough to presume that I'm the one who's right?" So I'm always trying to look at both sides, and then everybody says you're such an arrogant bastard. So <laughs> you know, because it is such a fucking high and mighty arrogant position for me to tr- take and they're like oh what a conceited uh what do they call me like cent- enlightened centrist, centrist en- <laughs> that's awesome yeah i know and you just got to take it and uh, in the in the uk they 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 centrist dad is one thing that people call you or they'll call you um gammon is another one gammon because gammon is like because like, it's t- sort of pink people as in white men who you know we hold the beliefs that i hold because i'm in such a privileged position to hold those beliefs anyway so i like the nuance that's the interesting thing so covid does it exist of course it exists and, and i got a friend of mine who is a who's a lung specialist one of the top lung specialists so he told me a lot of stuff um and there were loads of things i asked i think the thing that pissed me off more than anything else it wasn't that we were made to wear masks necessarily, right? I think, okay, you got to wear them. And I, I just refuse all the time because I just hate it. Um, it was, it was the fact that we weren't allowed to admit that we hated wearing it without it being like, you know, I, I would prefer to be like, if I have to wear it, I will wear it, but I'm going to be pissed off. You know, I'm going to walk around going, I hate having this fucking thing on my face. But then you see other people wearing it like a symbol of like their righteousness and how they know more than the rest of us about this disease, which according to my friend, Wearing masks is slightly helpful and will put slightly less of a strain on medical services, particularly in the UK. We've got the NHS, the National Health Service that's falling apart. Okay. What 
needs to be weighed up then is, does that slight difference also impact negatively for, on social experiences, children growing up, and our ability to fucking breathe and live exactly. and enjoy life? Exactly. If they, you said it perfect. Yeah, if, and if they do decide, well, most people in society have to, because it it's a democracy, and if most people with all that information say, no, we'd still rather wear the masks, okay, but don't fucking pretend you like it, because that drives me mad. So that's how I feel. <laughs> and yes, it's cult-like. That is a cult-like aspect. But of you've it, like you've done. A, I think you've done a pretty good job at, at avoiding talking about that. What is there a reason? Like, how have you kind of navigated not talking about that on your show? You know, I don't want to get taken down, man. <laughs> and also, I don't know enough about it. Again, the, I tried the culture war stuff, and I've done less and less of that as I've gone along. And I think part of the problem is being that nuanced, centrist, gray zone guy. I think it can work if you're like a super intellect. You know, one of these Jordan Petersons. I think Joe Rogan's really smart. People don't give him credit for that. They say he's stupid because he's got a bit of a bro attitude, you know, but I think he's smart. Um, but most centrists, I think like no one wants to come and listen to a guy who goes, well, there's that side and that side. They want to hear someone who's screaming angry one way or the other. So I came to realize that some people really enjoyed the culture war stuff. I did some stuff about trans and this and that, trying to sort of, you know, be in the middle. And now I'm like, you know what, fuck that. Because I'm just tired of people calling me a racist because I criticize Meghan Markle, you know? Yeah, that's, a, I mean, that's, that's a good point, man. That's well said. I appreciate that honesty, you know? It's, mm. That's that what the the you queen? guys talked about, the Andrew. princess or whatever the fuck? She's, Ask what kind that of brown again, is she? Dude. What kind of brown is she? What kind of brown is she? Do you mean her skin color? Well, like, what's her race, I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I gather that she is, uh, she has a white dad, and her, her mom, I believe, is mixed race, but might be black. Like Mexican? But she, I think she's black. I think oh, she's black, but, but, but like she's a- mixed race, Megan. African a descendant of slaves, not like ADOS, an ADOS black or a different black. Like Kamala Harris is not an ADOS. She just pretends to be. I don't think Barack was either, was he? I have no idea. What I don't know what I don't know this this an stuff. ADOS Brian, do you know? Is a well, descendant it's, it's of slaves. Descendant of slave. Like literally a de- literally, that's gonna be your favorite word, right? Literally. I'm, just, I'm listening. I was just listening to a bunch of your shows and you guys were hilarious talking about Megan. Oh, man. Like, well, I didn't know she was black. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't. And there was a big thing. There was a guy, uh, I always forget, Danny Baker is a comedian in the UK, like an old broadcaster. He's in his, he must be in his 50s or 60s now. Um, and he, when they had a baby, he put out this tweet of like the royals holding a monkey. And it was taken to be that he had been doing that as a racist thing because Megan was black or mixed race or whatever. This is a guy who's never like said or done anything publicly racist in his life. Like it made no sense that he would suddenly tweet that with, you know, he lost his job. He got, he got fired from the BBC immediately. Um, and that's where like context, like, you know, the context wasn't taken. He clearly didn't mean it that way. So it was just, and that was the moment It was about two years ago, I suppose, where a lot of us were like, wait, is she, is she black? I, I honestly didn't know. None of us knew. None of us knew. But then we're being told that because we don't like her, that we are either racist or uh, misogynist. And, you know, it's so unfair to have an argument with someone like that. Because I didn't like Diana either. I don't like any of the royals. And <laughs> exactly. I criticise cri- all of them. Or, and Tom Cruise, he's white. He's a man. The, but I don't, 
or the left and white right politicians. I mean, that's why it's okay to be a centrist because none of them are doing any good right now. I mean, it doesn't matter no. who you vote for these days. I mean, right, left, whatever. But I mean, I'm surprised Darren knows so much about um, her heritage, this ADOS yeah. stuff. I don't. Yeah, I'm asking. I don't know nothing. Oh. I didn't know she was black until a couple minutes ago either. Yeah. Graham and I are a bit. And I don't about know you, why Darren. the blacks get all the stuff. You know, like well, oh, I go around everywhere, that, and Darren. it's like, well, well, I'm an Indian, so I'm allowed to say whatever I want. He's a lot. He doesn't. Yeah, he's he's got the card. I got a card. I'm what a card kind of carrying Indian. Indian. Uh, like the. Uh, la, 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 la. Oh, <laughs> fucking hell! What show am I on? <laughs> okay, so, so that, that's to us. That wouldn't be an Indian to us, you know. In the UK, I'm a we, native uh, Canadian or Indigenous or whatever. But I'll tell you what. Just, my card still says registered Indian on it. So, and that's issued from wow. the government. A lot of shit happened in Canada with those schools, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And then I go around to all the construction sites and stuff like that, and they got all this signs about anti-black racism, anti-black racism. And I'm like, what about the fucking Indians, you motherfuckers? So yeah, I feel like the, you know, the blacks are getting too much attention. Yeah, minority, sort of victimhood Olympics, it becomes. Yes, they're leading the minority class. Yeah. They're winning. Yeah. Don't, winning but don't say things like the blacks are getting too much attention. Now, I've just said it. They, I, <laughs> There's a soundbite for equal. you. But you don't have a treaty card. <laughs> yeah. Well, I should do because I'm Jewish, right? Well, and there that's you go. So, oh, you're, good. you're good. You're good. If you're a Jew, you you're guys both are, now, I'm the one that's in trouble. You're in trouble. You're, you're in trouble, mate. No, your Jew's getting, Jews I'm the Northern European, UK descendant white white man with privilege hey kanye west wants to go defcon 3 on me it goes up to defcon 5 doesn't it isn't that yeah, funny he, he said defcon 3 and he spelt it wrong apparently too <laughs> yeah he's like deaf or, or is it, <laughs> the wrong way around <laughs> i'm looking at you were it. you were hilarious when you were talking about that on your show when you're like why would you put defcon 3 why would you put the maximum <laughs> like i'm just gonna start out with defcon 3 first and then we'll see if i have to escalate that um, up to defcon 5 He's going to see if that's enough to get all of us. And if, if there's any more, yeah, put the numbers up on the DEFCON. He's, he's just obviously um, a little bit unwell, I think, Kanye. And yeah. I feel a bit sorry for him to have all that paranoia to feel like, because I've always said, like, if there is some sort of Jewish conspiracy where, like, all the Jews are in, the, and there are more Jewish people probably pro rata in the media, but if there was this conspiracy where they're all, like, getting together and, like, trying to fuck over Kanye and, like, let each other get jobs, I cannot tell you how fucking hard it was for me to try and get any work on TV, like, I pushed and pushed for years and years and years. I told them I was Jewish, you know? Did you? Did you didn't tell help. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I told them, I told this one guy, only because they kept saying to me, you can't, we can't have you on anymore because we need a minority. We can't have white Jew. men being. Yeah. So I said, I didn't at first. At first I was like, oh, okay. And just, you know, felt really sad because it was like, this, this is my dream. And they were like, well, take your ideas, but you can't be the guy because you're a white man. So after years and years of that, one time I did, you know, get the balls to say, well, you know, I, I am Jewish. It's a, and the guy just laughed at me. Uh, and was like, nah, I, I and he said, I can't say what I really think about that because I'll get in trouble. And I was like, fuck. Like he was, he was got quite aggressive, this producer. So I just thought, well, fuck that. You know, it's different in America to, to the, to the UK being Jewish. I think it's, it's sort of more normalized over there uh, that you've got Seinfeld and shit like that. Like people understand Yiddish words uh, in the States, in the UK, they've, most, most people never met a Jewish guy, you know, so it's, it's a bit different there. Did you don't have your, your tall privilege Could didn't I get work, work? For any of that either? Could I get work? The tall privilege. Yeah. What's that Darren? Can I uh, get work for, I'm an Indian. Oh, or Aboriginal or a first name. I don't know. It changes every three years. How do I keep up? I mean, I'm like, yeah. 
I'm trying to look at your skin color because this is the thing. It's, it's so much of it is about looks, you know? So I genuinely believe that if I were an Orthodox Jew, right? Yeah. You don't, I don't know if you're brown or not. I, get I, think pretty, maybe. I can brown up pretty quick. I could hit like the tannin thing or whatever. It's winter now. You'd have but... to do that. Okay. You'd have to do that okay. Be- because, because like, I, I think if I were an Orthodox Jew, so if I had the whole like curly hair and the mad shit everywhere, then I would have a better chance because it would be like, Oh, isn't that quirky to have a TV presenter who's like an Orthodox Jew and he's like a really, oh, we're doing a minority thing. So I think that would have helped. And Dar- Darren, maybe if you sort of like, because it's all about appearances, they need to be seen to be doing the right thing. See, right? even if you put that little cap on your head, you're too tall for anybody to see it. I know, I'm worried about that. I'd have to lean down for the camera. Because if I did, it would just cover my bald spot and I'm only like 5'5", five, five, so everybody would be able to tell I'm a Jew. And that's my best, fe- that's my best feature as well, because I've got hair. <laughs> Uh, and I, I wouldn't want to cover that bit because then I'm, I'm just like anyone else who might have a bit of a bald spot there. So it's all sorts of problems with TV, hey? <laughs> so while we're, while we're staying, I mean, geez, we might as well stay controversial. Can you talk a little bit about your pedophilia research in Germany? And the, like, because you're coming up with a, like, you're going to present all that eventually to us, right? Yeah, you can't monetize this on, on YouTube now. Well, no, we never, there's no way. Mon- we're only value for value. We're not monetizing. We don't do any ads, no sponsorships. We're fully wow. listener supported. So that's it. That's incredible. Oh, fuck. We can say what yeah. we want. That's like um, Sam Harris. That's what he does. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, that's why I can bash say- on trannies and stuff. Well, but I mean, we're still like, we're still like skittering on that YouTube thing just to keep the algos like on YouTube. But I mean, one Bro, day it's just going to end. I he mean, hung up. Trannies sing was too much. Oh, he's back. Oh, he's back. <laughs> can, you, can, you, can you hear me? Can you, is it, I can hear yeah, you. Is it yeah. Different? yeah, you're back. Is it the same microphone? Yeah, sounds yep. like it. Sounds good, yeah. Okay. It, is the, it is that I've got loads of wires beneath me, and I'm kicking them in excitement. <laughs> you're excited. Then, That's good. I mean, it's great to have yeah. you excited on our show. It's Saturday yeah, night, yeah, yeah. too. I'm sure everyone over there is like, there's so many people crammed on that island. It blows me away. <laughs> I mean, the <laughs> bandwidth on a Saturday night must be insane. People Netflix in and Prime in and... Porn well, in. well, I'm not. I'm not in London anymore. So uh, it's slightly where I moved to, which I don't say anymore. I used to say all the time, and I realised that there are like lunatics in Scientology. So even even I don't even want to say the town publicly that I'm in now, but it's much more countryside. So it's actually it's all right. It's nice out here. Um, they might pet- try pedophiles. to physically physically move you around without like being violent. That was a fat. I mean, dude, you're doing some fascinating shows on that on that Scientology. Oh, no you. wonder why people are liking it. I mean, just the the stuff that you're learning about how they actually train them and stuff that, Oh my God, it's fascinating. You know what I enjoy as well. I, I try to use that, you know, we were talking about the gray zone and the gray area and stuff. I try to use that when dealing with like anyone, like any, like everyone you can think about those things with, you know, the Nazis, even I, I'd even go that far and be like, you know, following orders and the psychology of that, the, the, an entire country can't become evil. You know, it doesn't work that way. So it's just amazing looking at humans and Scientology. Um, there are grains of truth in a lot of what they do. Um, and otherwise it wouldn't work. Like you wouldn't, you know, so there's grains of truth in everything uh, and most things that work and are popular and Scientology, like there's a lot of stuff in there that isn't too dissimilar to what Jordan Peterson might say, or some of the social gurus on the left and the right, the guys, which is basically like make, make your bed, you know, you know, bucko, you got to make your bed. Um, Basically that, take responsibility, you're in control of who you are. And I've read a lot about this like growth mindset, Carol Zweck, I think, or Dweck, uh, a psychologist. Like half of people have a growth mindset, half of people have a fixed mindset. People with a fixed mindset, if they're told, you know, make your bed, are not going to do it. 
they're just going to sit there and like, oh no, I haven't made my bed. But a lot of people have a growth mindset and they join Scientology and they're very excited because like, yeah, I can control everything. I'm responsible for everything. So there are grains of truth and there are ways that people have used it and enjoyed it and actually benefited from it. At the same time, it's an incredibly abusive cult um, that bankrupts families, tears children away from their parents, uh, has has led to people dying by not getting psychiatric help. So it's a horrible, horrible cult. Wow. But uh, interesting to look at both sides, I think. I think that's the thing. Did you want Have to you talk ever, about pedophilia? Yeah, yeah. But can I can I just derail you for yeah. another second on that? Have you ever looked sure. into the have you ever looked into L. Ron Hubbard and uh Jack Parsons doing stuff in the desert? Have you ever heard of the book called The Two Antichrists by a fellow Brit called uh Peter Gray, I think? No. Oh dude. Oh, it's fuck fascinating. It's very mag it's very magical, but it talks about them doing those Crowleyan um summon the summoning of Babylon in, in in the desert, Babylon working and stuff. And and it it's with a whole bunch of like sci prominent sci-fi writers were in this group too. And I mean, it really gives you a weird taste of like, is some of this paranormal or some of this like esoteric? Oh, it's, it's very strange. So I'll, I'll, uh, I'll send you a link to the book, but you might find it really interesting and he'd be a great guest for your show too. So I was yeah, just reading to, this morning that New Zealand has made it now so that a 12 year old can consent to sex with an adult. Shut up. That's not true, is it? I don't know. I'll check. You guys go ahead and talk, and I'll look wow. it up. Well, that's probably okay. got to do with your, your research, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that New Zealand has had a uniform and equal age of consent of 16, something, something, but that's not news. That's just an old thing. Is this a new thing? I'm really, I'm intrigued. I want to know what this is. Yeah. Yeah. I swear. Yeah, I just Darren's going to look it up. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So you look it up. Why did you focus on Germany? I was living there. I, I oh. got obsessed with lang languages. I lived in um, Argentina for seven years and Colombia for a year and France for a few years. Uh, and then it was like, what's the next language? And like, ich kann Deutsch lernen. And that, you know, I can learn some German. And so I went to Berlin, my, my fiance and I. Uh, and it was a hard one to learn, much more difficult than French and Spanish and Portuguese. Um, it was hell. Uh, I don't. I didn't really enjoy being in Germany that much. People are fine. I just didn't really enjoy it. Um, but I was looking for like, what's my next topic going to be for a book or a documentary, whatever it might be. And it turns out that Germany has pretty much the only clinic for pedophiles that, and we we say pedophiles in the UK. So in case I slip into that, that that's the reason for the difference in pronunciation. Um, that they um, they never report them to authorities. So basically, it's a way that these guys. Uh, with the inclination or whatever it is that makes someone a pedophile, they can go to therapy, hopefully to get better or whatever, and without worrying, they're going to be reported. But of course, the controversial side of that is it means that clinicians, doctors are basically, you know, seeing these people who are very dangerous to society and saying, okay, well, thank you for coming in. See you next week. Go out back onto the streets. So it's, again, it's the two sides that really interest me. The two, on the one side, they could be reducing or curbing the rates of abuse on children, which is, you know, an amazing thing to do. On the other hand, they're letting a lot of these people go back onto the street when they know about them. So very complicated. Is there, is there a difference between Germany's rates and other countries? Like, is there, is it working? We don't know. And they don't seem to know. Uh, the stats are too difficult to, to get, I think, because the numbers are of people who go to the clinics are relatively low. Plus, those are the ones, the ones who actually volunteer to get help are probably less likely to actually abuse 
and there's so much abuse we don't know about that it that is underreported. So yeah. it's not they don't know. And I ask them that as well. And it's like again, it's they ha- they're going on faith. They're going on their belief that basically what they've explained to me is that you've got you know a spectrum, but let's call it three types of pedophiles. Um, you've got those who will abuse no matter what. Maybe they're psychopathic or completely deluded. There's nothing we can do about them. There are those, and this is thought to be the majority of them, who would never offend because they know it's awful. They have the attraction or the temptation and they are disgusted with themselves. It, it must be a very lonely life. We don't need to worry about them. And then there's a huge middle ground of the ones who are like, you know, tempted uh, and they might offend one day, uh, once many of them just once and they, they realize how bad it was or whatever it is, but just once that ruins someone's life. So we need to stop them from doing it, you know? So those are the ones that the clinic is, is sort of looking at is the ones that, that could offend. Uh, and what they'll do is these ones who could offend, they will tell themselves stories of like why it's okay. They'll yeah. hear other people saying, like, Oh, when I was a kid, this happened to me. I didn't mind it. They'll yeah, tell but- themselves that they need to be exposed. This is what the clinic says to their therapists and be told, no, 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 that's not right. We have a million examples of why that's not right. Wow. Yeah. And hopefully they do some good work. I don't, it's complicated. Did you see any threads of a deeper kind of, uh, how do I word this? Like a conspiracy of, uh, of trafficking, like a global kind of, you know, there's all these conspiracies about the elites and pedophilia and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Was there any sense that it's a bigger problem than we think and it's underground and people won't talk about it in the media, that kind of thing? I've no doubt that that goes on, but it's not stuff that I was around my research. I mean, the reason I know that goes on, because we, we know it, we, we know oh, it right. with from, Epstein. Yeah. Well, and, we know and your guy from the UK there too, that, uh, Savile. Yeah. Well, Savile's the same but different because because Epstein seems to be really like he had people trafficking girls to his island and lots of powerful people in on it and also joining in. My impression of Savile is that he may have had enablers, but I don't think as far – maybe someone correct me if I'm wrong. I don't oh, think I people were actually yeah. collecting children for him. I think he was acting as a lone ranger, but a lot of people sort of looked the other way rather than actively helping as they did with Epstein. So it was less of a elite conspiracy and more of like a, a lunatic abusing his power. Yeah. More about a famous lunatic. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. Or an elite, maybe even lunatic, but not, not, yeah, I see what you mean. That's a good point. Mm, yeah. Darren, did you get, did you get, man. Darren, mm. did you get anything there from, uh, well, I found interwebs? something, but it's, it might be, uh, here, might let have me been see. a meme that was misinformation. No, no, let's see. Uh, you guys, I don't think you guys can hear this if I play it. They can't be having 12-year-old concern. The, the, only re, the only thing I can think of is if it's like with another 12-year-old, but even that is like, we don't need a law for that. Yeah. Really. What was the consent in Germany for that? Was that, a, was that different than any other countries? Was there a difference there? Uh, I don't remember, you know, I should know, but I think it gave of consent in Because I didn't end up making, I tried making this book about it. Uh, oh. Apparently it's 14 to 16 years. So I think, again, I haven't read it properly, but I imagine that the 14, often the case is it's like 14 providing it's, it's with someone who is under 18, you know, something like that. And it's 16 yeah, 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 adults. Yeah. All right, I got uh, this. States, so let's find often, out if I'm full of shit in real time. Go on. Got a lot of thanks to give out here. First and foremost to my perfect wife. Oh, wait, this is something different. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> your perfect wife that's like 12 years older. How's that going to go? Yeah. Oh, 
But when it's, I searched it on, so I searched it on Google, I couldn't find nothing. But when I searched it on Twitter, I found a bunch of stuff. So what it is is a right. new, uh, new, New Zealand judge ruled a twelve-year-old can consent. I'm not having that. If we see if we see it outside of Twitter, then I'll say yeah, yeah, and yeah, I'll, yeah. Obviously, I just I just don't know who that's for. I don't because okay, there is definitely. Oh, a here we go. So so I got Go something on the Guardian here. Calls for changes to New Zealand's law after rapist claims sex with twelve-year-old was consensual. Okay, so it sounds like what's happened is there was an antiquated law that hadn't been changed or something like that, and they they need to change it. Because because this is the thing I, I know that on the right a lot of people I've, I've spoken on some shows like uh, that slightly offensive show I um, can't remember his name but the guy I was on the show and he did a whole thing about that Balenciaga thing the Spanish luxury designers um, and there's a strong belief on the right and and with with reason that the left is more open to that kind of thing to to some forms of pedophilia or whatever um, but I think it's really in the minority you know <laughs> I don't think the majority of left wing people. Uh, would vote for a prime minister, or it would help that prime minister of New Zealand to to make those age limits. What's lower, with the you know, paper hair, hair, purple hair though? You know, like what's with that mm. among the leftist broads here? I just don't get it. Like, I can tell how you're voting if you just by the color of your <laughs> hair. It seems like that seemed to just like Blue, pop up out of nowhere too. So it's turquoise usually. Is it purple? I've not seen much purple. Yeah, it's, well, it's, so they're <laughs> trying to go purple, but it's not turning out because it's trashy. But I guess that's like their red hat, right? It's everyone's religion, man. It's the it's their red hat, exactly right, or it's their uh, their cross, or their. We've all got them, and I I have a theory, and I, it's it's very generalized, but I think people who are more attached to their identities, did identities. Remember, I was saying before that I don't feel like a man or a woman, or I'm, but that doesn't make me non-binary. No, you're I'm a man, obviously. You're non-binary. Yeah, non-binary. <laughs> I'm definitely <Andrew>. not. <laughs> I'm a man. I'm a I'm a biological man, but I don't I just I don't have that as an identity because I feel like my identity, if I had one, is just like being nice to friends and hanging out and like listening to people. But but I think there may be people who are sometimes generalizing, but sometimes who don't have much of that. Uh, they don't have much else in their lives. They attach themselves to identities a little bit. So on the left, it does tend to be blue hair. On the right, it's that red hat. And that would be different, you know, in different places, different countries. But yeah. Hmm. Well, this has been good. Hey, Darren, do you have any last questions or? No, this has been great. I mean, I'm, I'm be, uh, I'd be interested to circle back in, in five years or not. I mean, I'd love to have you show much sooner than that, but I'm, I'm very curious to see where your journey takes you because it's funny because when, you know, I would say that I was very close to atheism 10 or 12 years ago, when we started the show, I was definitely bordering on it. And uh, I'm saying I'm farther from that than I've ever been, but I don't know because I'm not like, you know, I don't believe in the Jewish God either. The, you know, I don't, I'm not really into that guy, but something seems to be going on. Yeah. Ricky Gervais says, uh, you know, cause there were like 4,000 gods around the world that people believe in. So when relig religious Christians, for example, ask him, you know, how can you be an atheist? He says, look, I don't believe in the same 3,999 gods that you don't believe in. It's just you believe in one more than I do. And I guess that's uh, how I feel. But hey, in five years or however many years, who knows, I might come on here as a some sort of believer. But it goes both ways. I mean, we've had other guys that were like literalist, literalist Christians that like turned into crazy Starmouth guys and, you know, thinking that it's all allegory for that. And But, but still super like, you know, 
divorced from Christianity, but not from spirituality, I guess. Mm. Mm. That's, I mean, it's interesting. Yeah, it goes all different ways. And I think it's just important. I don't know. I try to find, it's important to me not to, to, to value some people's belief system higher or lower than, than anyone else's, you know, and just, we're all just trying to get along. There's too many of us probably, but we're trying to get along. I like that attitude, not especially so from an atheist. That's great. Yes. So what, what do you got coming up and what, what, how can people find your work? I don't even know. No, I do. Um, <laughs> uh, are you doing anything like are you doing anything, uh, any live, are you traveling at all or doing anything or just, uh, anything special coming up or just more shows? Oh. More shows. Yeah. I want to eventually do like live shows and things like that. I've got, okay, this week I've got, I'm looking at it now in front of me. I always forget to do this. I've just got in the next, oh, I think it's coming out. Oh, it must've come out today. An episode. Do you know Jim Harold of the Paranormal Podcast? Yes. Yeah. We met him in 2013 in person. So we had a similar conversation to what we've just had today with me sort of saying, you know, I don't believe this, much, but he told me why he does. And it was great. I, and I've been on Jim's podcast as well. He's, he's fantastic. Just like you guys are. So that's just come out on, on the edge with Andrew gold today. And then Monday on, on the edge with Andrew gold is Aaron Smith Levin. Who's a friend of mine. who's a former Scientologist. So he's telling his life story because I haven't asked about that before. And it gets deep man, because he was born into Scientology. Wow. And then his, his twin brother, he had a twin brother and unfortunately ended up dying. Uh, a lot to do with how he was treated in Scientology. So that was a really emotional one because I didn't know all that. And he's become a friend of mine and we had to sort of talk that through. And then, yeah, there's one on the, I've got episodes on the Great Reset. I've got one about atheism, Meghan Markle. It's all coming up. So if if people do come over from your show, tell me that you came from here because I always like knowing, like get in touch or, or whatever. And there's the YouTube channel as well. So And they can yeah, just search okay. that by Andrew Gold uh, on the edge? Yeah, yeah. Make sure to put on the edge because... The Andrew Gold, there's a singer who's got my name um, and he died, but uh, he still takes up the first page of a lot of stuff, unfortunately. So that sounds cold. I'm sad he died. It is sad, but yeah. I'm agnostic. (laughs) This has been been so much fun. We really appreciate it. It's been great. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, guys. I had a blast. Let's talk soon. See you, guys. Okay. Bye-bye. Now was a chat with Andrew Gold. What do you think, buddy? Oh, I'm just way more comfortable than I than I um I don't know, not that I thought I'd be, but it just it was fantastic. I don't know what it was. He's he's very he's he's very um he makes you feel very uh friendly and warm and comfortable and I just love his his attitude on and I don't want to sound like I don't I'm trying not to sound negative against other atheists and stuff, but he really does like I you know, um I really feel like he's uh he's kind of open at least open to discussing stuff. Totally. Totally. I yeah. agree. It was great. What do you think? It was great, yeah. man. I enjoyed it. Big thanks to Andrew for coming on the show. Big thanks to you guys for listening. Even big thanks. Guys, you got to remember there's a value for value podcast. We're putting this out into the world for free. All these episodes will be 581 or 582. We put them all out there for free in the hopes that those of you that are listening to all of them or most of them are getting some value of it in some way. will decide that it's worth something to you. Whether that's a buck a show or 50 cents a show or, 20 bucks a show or 30 bucks a month or two bucks a month. You decide grimericas.ca slash support sign up today. If you're getting some value from the show, let us know. If you're not, let us know that too. Grimericamerica.com. But uh, that support has never been more important than it is today. We're starting to feel like maybe people forgot that we're value for value or maybe there's less people listening. I don't know, but support is down and we need that to be up as we start out 2023. So we'd love you guys to head over to grimerica.ca slash support and fix that today. 
Other than that, head over to grimerica.ca for everything we do, audiobooks, tours, events, other podcasts, all sorts of great shit. Other than that, we love you guys. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next week.